I'm Shannon. And I'm Lisa. And you're listening to Black Tivities, a celebration of all things Black. Black culture, Black history, Black perspectives, and Black panache. Celebrating our Blackness doesn't mean exclusion. Everybody's invited, but you got to come in and have a seat. So let, let the Black Tivities begin. Hey, Black people. I'm your host, Shannon, here with my right-hand woman, Mona Lisa the Poet. Hello. Who's been booking hella shows lately. Yes, I have, man. It's been super dope. And I just want to point out really quick, I had a challenge for 2023 that I would get booked for a wedding or some type of wedding anniversary reception. I got booked for both. So, boom. (laughs) Give it up for Lisa, y'all. Give it up. So you may have noticed that we were MIA last week. We took a little break because I turned 40 and just being real, like we both just needed it. But we're back. And today we're going to be talking about black men and their emotions. But before we do, I know you've got somebody who needs to hear this episode or one of our previous episodes. So. Whether you enjoy the history or the laughs, your homework this week is to share this show with at least five of your friends. And if you follow us on social media, the link will be available to you guys. You can hit us up and say, hey, Shannon, Lisa, I did my homework. Instant reproach you heard. So just please share it because this right here, what, you know, been prepared for you is a super treat. Yes, this this is a big topic. Um, but anyways, I know that we're two women discussing this topic, but that just gives us a unique perspective. And we did talk to the fellas to see if our thinking was in line with theirs. So this topic has lots of layers and sax facts is pretty long this week. So I just want to jump into it. Are you all right with that, yeah, Lisa? Let's go. Let's get it. Sax facts. All right, this topic runs deep when it comes to facts and history. We can take this John all the way back to slavery, shout to Philly. Black pain has always been a thing for white people. At first, they said black people didn't feel pain or have emotions, which therefore made it okay to do whatever they wanted to us, that we were like animals and just acting on impulse. Then they said, well, they can feel something, but they can take more pain than everybody else. Um, So they'll be all right. Uh There's some evidence that some of this thinking still exists, even if it's subconscious, because it shows in healthcare and some of these prison sentences they give out. I have to agree on that. When it comes to black people and emotions, historically, we had to suppress them in order to survive. When our ancestors were being terrorized by your neighbor's great great grandfathers and the KKK's NIM. Yep, I said it. These were the town's doctors, lawyers, business owners and other regular townspeople doing the terrorizing. But I digress. Mm. We could not show sorrow or anger when our people were being lynched because they'd lynch us too. 
Shoot, we couldn't even express happiness back then. Smile at a white woman if you want to. Ask the many men who were falsely accused for something to do with a white woman, and then they got lynched. By the way, did y'all hear about this Tennessee representative that asked about adding death by hanging from a tree to the death penalty in that state? Mm. Mm. That's another conversation for another yeah, episode. <laughs> but anyway, back to the lecture at hand. Joy DeGruy, and if I'm saying her name wrong, I'm sorry, came up with a theory called post-traumatic slave syndrome that explains that there is a generational trickle-down of effects stemming from the unresolved trauma of slavery. Though it's controversial, there are many receipts to back that up. A 2014 study cited by the National Library of Medicine says that 62% of Black men have directly experienced a traumatic event in their lifetime. 72% witnessed a traumatic event and 59% have learned of a traumatic event involving a friend or family member. However, a majority of black men have never sought mental health treatment. These traumatic events stem from unresolved generational trauma that has to do with societal generational struggles, which can be linked to our history in America. So why is this controversial again? I would like to end this Saks Facts with a quote from an article by Naya Nigel Hoskin, published in Forbes. It says, Black men experience unique challenges that other men don't face because of the attention placed on their looks and bodies, and rarely on their mental or emotional intelligence. Research suggests that in many spaces, Black men are expected to be strong and resilient physically. They are encouraged to do well in athletics and to engage and thrive in physical activities, but not in activities that promote learning or emotional or mental growth. We have been inundated with images in film, television, and social media that depict Black men as overly masculine and in some cases aggressive and hypersexual. Open displays of emotion, on the other hand, are often frowned upon and not socially acceptable, sending a clear message to some Black men that to be accepted, they must fit a particular gender role in which strength and stoicism are mandatory. Whew. That was a lot. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and that's sex facts. Wow. I have to say, with sex facts, you normally do, you come with the facts, but this one right here, you, you hit hard with this one. You really did. I have to applaud you on this. We have to get her around the applause. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lisa, what types of behaviors do you see in black men when it comes to their emotions? So, for the black men that I have encountered, when um, it comes to certain type of behaviors and emotions, is they either come off as nonchalant, like they don't care, um, or mostly angry. 
Um, but they direct their anger to the wrong people. Um, so I, I have to say, um, it's, it's mostly, okay, for me, mostly is they give off that sense of like they don't care mm-hmm. or they have this wall up. Right. That, that masculine wall up to where, you know, they, they give off again that, that I don't care, like tone to where it's misinterpreted and they're judged based on their lack of emotion, even though we know it's there, it's just that they can't act on it. Right. It's very internalized and yeah, they lack vulnerability. I would say also like a lot of black men that I've encountered have like a distrust of people, especially Mm -hmm. like women. Um, And then because of that, I mean, I guess it kind of feeds into the, wall Uh, because if you don't trust people then you're not gonna bring your wall down this is true this is true and something that we don't talk about all the time a lot of black men deal with depression and that's another thing uh when it comes to depression i have i've never heard a black man say i am so depressed me neither (laughs) never but you do hear of men who do commit suicide, men that do take their take their lives. But it's always at a point when you hear about that, you're like, yo, like, why? Why? Why did they do that? Well, obviously, there was some type of something there to where they were depressed or they did feel a certain type of way where emotions were not expressed with everyone. Right. To where they felt like that that was the only option that they had left. Yeah. I mean, look at um, Twitch. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, that was bananas. And I was one of those people like, what is going on? Like he I was always laughing and smiling. He had the best attitude. But. I know how that feels to have to put on a show. Um, You have to put on a show, you have to put on this face, even though there is some type of feeling or depression that do lie there because we're taught that we just have to keep going no matter what we have to keep going yeah so i don't have exact numbers but the suicide rates for black men are high mm. okay so since we talked about there being multiple layers behind black men and their emotions which there are a lot um what do you think those layers are including um like your thoughts, like what do you think those emotions are? I'm sorry, those layers are. I think two of the big layers are history and toxic masculinity. Right. So when I talked to someone who wanted to remain anonymous, he said that he didn't learn a lot about emotion from his dad. What he learned about emotion and what love looks like came from his mom. And I think um, that speaks to this toxic masculinity that um, is not just existing in black households, but, you know, every, I shouldn't say every, because that's a absolute statement, but a lot of households. I also think that history does play a huge role in that because Mm -hmm. 
I feel like the men have always had to be um, stoic historically um, when the families were being torn apart, you know, when, when there was violence and they had to be protectors at young ages. Yeah. At young ages. So I, I can, I can see that where you share it, where he said he didn't learn that from his father. Most of that, you know, that softness and the emotion that came from his mother. So I can see where that is missing, especially where there is a lot of men who don't have, you know, the father figures in their home. Mm-hmm. So here it is. They see all these emotions coming from the people in the household, but they're so busy listening to everybody else and trying to figure and solve and, you know, figure out how to help them that it kind of puts themselves in the back burner, basically. Right. Um, to where they have to suck it up. Even if they do, they may be feeling depressed, but they ain't got time for that. Right. That was that was another thing he mentioned that it doesn't really benefit a man to show emotions because he said that people and women will turn around and use that against you. And also mm-hmm. that it it just doesn't pay your bills. So it's more like a defense mm-hmm. mechanism that they use to protect themselves because at the end of the day, they have to support their family. And they don't have time to be emotional about everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm going to share um, something that came up from a gentleman. Um, I want to, you know, give shots out to him. He retired recently from the army. Uh, many years he did contribute to. Um, he is also finishing up school, getting that bachelor's degree. So I want to give a shout out to him. And he said it was okay for me to shout his name out. So one of our listeners, Rayshawn Crawford, thank you for sharing and supporting. Yay, Rayshawn. Um, this is something that he shared. And this is coming from a very strong, intelligent black man. Okay. And we talking about he retired from the military. So um, he said, when it comes to the emotional state of a black man, it's difficult to express reason because of the stigma that is placed on us. He said, we are expected to be the protector, providers, head of households, and overall the strength of the relationship or marriage. Expressing our feelings is difficult because we are judged or evaluated based off of that and may be treated accordingly. We must have an undeniable trust for someone to let them in on how we truly feel. We already have the odds against us. Even though we feel a certain type of way, we must act another way in order to not be considered weak or less than a man. Society must know, but mostly women should know that men have feelings too. You cannot fully understand a person if you don't know what's their mental. How can you cater to someone or be their peace if you have no clue of their unknown? Black men versus emotions. With that being said, us black men must see others' views and be considerate as well. We are not always right. We don't have, I'm sorry, we don't always have ill intentions either, but opening up is not something that's common to us as Black men simply because of the trust and not having what we have revealed thrown back in our faces or take as weakness and used against us, especially in a time of conflict. I can go on and on for days, but the truth of the matter is we could all do better. 
but a black man will love harder and deeper if he feels that his companion can accept his true feelings, love him, and still allow him to be that man and leader. And then he ended with emotions are there, but who can we vent or tell them to in the meantime? Hmm, that was a word right there. Yes, yes. He came pretty hard. Yeah, but he did mention the, the trust thing and um, mm-hmm. using their emotions against them. Right. He also said um, that vulnerability can be seen as a sign of weakness. And that was what the yes. person I talked to said as well. Um, and he went so far as to say women say that they want a man to be, you know, soft and emotional, but they really don't. Because right. if <laughs> right. when you start showing emotions, he said, you know, they'll use it against you or they think you're weak. Right. So the next question, I kind of figured that kind of answer what that next question we have um, on here was, how do you see? Uh, all of this affecting how we as women interact with our black men. For me, I have to say, just like it's us when we we know who we are and we choose who we want to be with, right? So it's us. It's hard for us too to let that guard down and you know confide. But us as women, we it, it's a little bit easier for us because we are women. But I just want to say, if I am with the black man, and yes, I say a black man, because I do know that all men have issues to where there's, you know, a battle with emotion. But I spoke with Shannon about this earlier, and she shared with me that when it comes to, you know, men, yes, men do have emotions, but she said black men, they do have it a little bit harder. And I have to applaud you on that, Shannon. For saying that because that that was great um but being with the black man i want you to know that when we're with you we are there to support you a hundred percent and we want you to know that we love you like we want you to be comfortable and be at a place to where you're vulnerable to be able to talk to us about anything that's that's very important um how can we continue on with life if we're lifing on a shaky foundation, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I have to say, like, it's, I need you guys to know that. Like, it's very, very important. Yeah, I think black men just have an extra layer of something, an extra layer of pressure, um, societal pressure, just being a black male in society. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree that all men do experience this on some level. Um, I think that we should consider all that they go through and consider that they do have an extra layer of stuff underneath the surface. And I think um, we need to do a better job about speaking life into our black men. This is true. Yes. Lifting them up. And I think sometimes also women have had, and I guess men are guilty of this too, thinking or saying, you know, all men are the same. They're like, da, 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 da. But we shouldn't assume that all men are the same 
um, and give them space to share their emotions. If you really love somebody, you have to give them space to be vulnerable with you. If you make them feel like you can't be trusted or, um, you know, that you might go back and use what they say or do against them, then let me tell you, they're not going to. How can you say that you are in love with somebody or you love someone? And when they're upset or something, you know, pops off, the first thing you do is refer back to a time when a man was vulnerable to you and you throw that shit in his face. Like that is so disrespectful. Like that's, that's a super no, no. Don't do that. And I'm talking about us as women. Like we can, we, you can't do that. If you truly love someone, you don't do that. And men too, vice versa. Yeah. I think in general, like you can't just say the first thing that pops up in your head. (laughs) It's not always the right thing to say. (laughs) <laughs> right. And when you know when somebody pop up in my head. Yeah. <laughs> when you when somebody has been vulnerable with you, like you know mm-hmm. their weak points. Yeah. So yeah. you have to be careful about that because I mean, man or woman, like you can break somebody. This is true. This is true. So I have um another uh gentleman that shared something I thought was really good, and I would like to throw this in here too. So um, this gentleman shared this. Um, He said, first thing that comes to mind is the battle of internal versus external emotions, along with receiving them from others and expressing them ourselves. I feel we intentionally filter our emotions because they're often often misunderstood or manipulated. According to white society, us being emotional gets us portrayed as two things, weak or feminine. Lacking emotions is part of a false manhood. So we internalize creating more issues. After being afraid or overly cautious to express ourselves, when we finally do feel comfortable, that lack of practice is similar to trying to speak to another language with no reps. You can't process it properly from others and give it in a processable way. It's bumpy, but it once on the other side, it is figured out. And it feels like true freedom once it is figured out. It's like I get what he's saying there. Like. It's hard to kind of, you know. React to certain type of things, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But you do feel good when you finally are able to get it out. It's just harder for men to get that out. So it's like, I get what he was saying. I can relate to that because, yeah. let me tell you, I have in my lifetime built a castle with a moat around myself. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I know. Like, and I did some therapy about that. Like, I got to the point where I was like, I don't even know what it's like to exist without walls. Uh-huh. So I think that's uh-huh. what he was speaking to a little bit. Okay. Well, let's uh, share one more gentleman that did a uh, call in. He is very, very awesome. Um, so let's go ahead and play that little cue and share. I believe that emotions are a complicated issue in the black community. And it's usually 
rooted in misogyny, patriarchy, and of course, racism. To have emotions is just a part of the human experience. To deny someone emotion is to deny them their humanity. And to deny someone their humanity, frankly, is inhumane. And what happens when we deny our humanity and we are treated in the most inhumane way? We react in ways that are inhumane, such as lash out for anger, sadness, or as Questlove put it, uh, being cool, because being cool is a trauma response. So I am I'm happy that it seems like society is now confronting that that stigma and facing it. There's more talks about mental health and we have to I still think that we have to work with each other on showing grace and showing love to each other so we can feel safe enough to be ourselves and express ourselves in very human ways. Black men have to hide behind the patriarchy, the machismo of being a man and not being, you know, being stoic. And it's we have to realize that it's OK It's okay to have these emotions. You are not weak for having these emotions. You are strong for having these emotions. And it's it's beautiful in all its ways. So I try to process my emotions all the time and confront them because it gives me peace and it gives me freedom and also create a safe space for my children to be able to express themselves and encourage them and affirm them to have said emotions because it is how we all pay it forward, keep the needle moving and create freedom for our people. Okay. So that right there was amazing within itself. Guys, that was from um, another podcaster. His name is Chris Blunt and his podcast is called I Said That Shit On Purpose, which is amazing. You hear me? It is like, (laughs) blunt straight to the point like to hear a black man just come out you know what i'm saying with his guard with his wall down it's like look this is what i got going on i said this shit on purpose so y'all check him out too as well his name is chris what you know what i was thinking one of the things that just melts my heart is seeing my husband love on our children oh that melts my heart every time. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready for a little black activity? Yes, let's go. All right, so this one is the Male Emotional Expression Awards. So Ooh. I'm going to give you a category for the award. Okay. And then um, we can discuss who you think should win that award. It can be from a song, a movie, or a TV show. Okay. All right. So let's start with the best expression of love. I had to go with the song Love by Music Soul Child. Ooh, baby. That's still on my everyday playlist. That is one of my all-time favorite songs. And it's kind of expressing some of that vulnerability. That that was a good one. Um, 
I would have to go with the movie, The Photograph. Have you seen it? I have seen it. It wasn't that bad for a sappy love movie. Yes. It was something about like, it had Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we have like the Love Jones and all of that, but Love Jones, even though it was good, it was still so ratchet. It's going on. <laughs> but there were certain ways, the way that you could feel it, the emotion, you could see where he let his guard down and was going to let Issa Rae in. Like for her to be doing like a normal task and she turned and he's just looking at her and that sensual, like, oh my God, like, what? <laughs> like that right there. Oh my gosh, like that is my go-to movie to where like dim the lights, light candles, like that right there. Oh, I'm telling you, if you have not seen it, go check it out. It's called The Photograph. Okay. What about best expression of anger? Okay. So there's a lot, (laughs) honestly, because of the way the world portrays black (laughs) men, there's a lot of things to pick from, but I still want to try to find something positive. And I am going to go to lean on me when Joe Clark was in that school and the way he was like at them kids next mm-hmm. and the change that he made. Oh, it was also oh worth it. Yes. You can come holler at my kids anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I was actually going to put that one as. Really? Yeah, I was. But then I thought of another one in um, Fences. Have you seen that? No, I have not. So it's very long and uh-huh. it's because they it was a play. Oh, you don't want me to see it, do you? You shouldn't have told me it was long. Well, it is long. <laughs> OK, it, it's, it's adapted from a play. So that's why it's long. And there's a lot of dialogue. OK, Um, but Denzel and Viola, those are some goats right there. There was this scene where. um. Denzel's son asked him if he loved him or if he liked him. And um, because he was always kind of mean and snippy with him. And he kind of went off because he was like, do you have a house to come home to? Do you have this? Do you have that? Right. And you trying to ask me, do I like you? I ain't got to like you. Right. But I'm going to do right by you. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um it's a pretty deep movie a lot of stuff going on but that was my best expression of anger interesting I, I, i'm gonna check it out yeah you gotta see it, it out. okay and viola's not oh you don't know about that because you hadn't seen it oh no 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 i do i seen. let me tell you something the snot i did see like little memes and stuff that was created they were making fun of her that woman was acting her behind off. <laughs> now, I see, I don't know how true this is, but I see where there is a Adam Sandler got a new movie that he's trying to do. Or he, he someone asked him to do it and he said that he would do it only if Viola Davis could play his mom in the movie. No. I don't know how true it is, but I was sitting here like, what? Yeah, she. She get down. She fire. Yeah, she fire. Okay, okay. What about best expression of fear? I couldn't think of one for this. My memory is okay, bad. So when you say fear, are you saying like 
that people fear? Because that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Or, it, or like you know, somebody's, it doesn't have to be like horror. It could be like um, someone is showing that they are fearful of something that's going to happen or whatever. Okay. So, okay. How about this? I answer it two ways. Cause the first time I heard it, I was thinking of fear, like the villain. Mm-hmm. And the first person I thought of was Wesley Snipes. Mm. He played that freaking villain in New Jack city. And I just watched this here a couple of days ago. Let me tell you, he played that. Like the the ego, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that that was wild. The way the people feared him. Now, when it comes to fear, think about the fear in the movie Juice. How his friends, you know what I'm saying? Tupac's friends feared him. Mm, yeah, they did. Okay, because again, more ego. So that's that's why I'm looking on. Like, okay, if it could be either one of those, I would have feared him too. Yeah. Tupac crazy. He's like, Come on, man. Wild would be. Um, that little five shoes. <laughs> what about <laughs> best show of brilliance? I have been binge watching this, and I have to say, Grownish. I like Grownish. That show. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I think it's awesome. Yeah, he came up a little privileged. I say that. Junior came up a little privileged. But it shows it's not just another show about, you know, but like black kids just on some ratchet shit. It's like him in college, like handling college shit, like with other black men that's there. I mean, it's, there's a variety of different ethnicities, but I, I mean, it's geared obviously towards Junior mostly. Um, and then he got Diggy in there, which his character is hilarious. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. Have you seen the first um, season where it focuses on yes. Zoe? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. It's like here, like I've been watching mostly of, you know, of the second season. I don't know. I, I, I like it. I really like it. And I, feel I watch like it. It is best. It shows brilliance. So what, what do you think? Um, I said the banker. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that or not, but it's a really good movie um, starring Anthony Mackie. Mm-hmm. And um, very great. actor. Yes, he's amazing in it, but he was very brilliant in his. I don't want to give away too much of the movie, but <laughs> he um, was facing lots of obstacles as a black man, you know, back in the day. And he was trying to sell houses, sell real estate, and he couldn't get a loan. And so he found a creative way to um, get the money he needed, bought the building. Yeah, he was very smart. Yes. So, okay, I have to agree with you on that one. That is good. Uh, The next one is Best Expression of Black Boy Joy. Okay, so I, it's hard for me to answer this one because anytime I hear the term Black Boy Joy, I know I'm supposed to be doing like a show or a song or something like that. I have to say, I have to give a shout out to my cousin, Terrence Jerome Westfield. Rest in peace. Um, the effect that he had on the community, Chattanooga, Tennessee, like I knew that he knew a lot of people, but 
when he passed is it was just like phenomenal of the amount of people that came up and was like he helped me with this or he was mentoring me on this and I'm like how did he have time to do that so uh I wear my shirt often with his face on it and it says black boy joy on there so boom boom uh, if I have to, if I have to throw it out there, um, he was um, Isaiah Rashad, the rapper. He was his first manager. So I have to, if I have to put it out there, so boom. Hmm. Well, one of my all-time favorite movies is "Remember the Titans." Ah, okay. And there were okay. several scenes that was like the black guys on the team singing and. Uh-huh. Joking around and having fun. So I chose Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. All right. Um, our last category is best expression of sadness or vulnerability. Okay. So I would have to go with Boys in the Hood, Cuba Gooden. He was like, let me out, y'all. <laughs> it was about the ride. He's like, let me out. Cause that right there, that was showing him making that decision of, you know what I'm saying? Yo, this, 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 something was taken from me, but this next route, we got to make the decision. We got to be the change. And then when he got to Neil Long's house and he just started swinging in the air, like, oh, oh, I was just like, swing, baby, swing. I know it's hard, black man. Swing, swing on it. <laughs> but I have to say that that was one of the ones that's right off the top of my head. Or I chose Fresh Prince, um, the episode Don't make me cry. where Don't make me cry. his dad oh. left again, and he had no. this moment talking to Uncle Phil, yeah, where he was angry and letting some of that out, but then you know he showed the vulnerability and started crying, yes. and he said, "How come he don't want me, man?" And he just embraced Uncle Phil. That was a good one. You taught me on that one. You really did. Yeah. You taught me on that one. All right. Well, I think it's time for Elisa's Pieces. I wanted to share with you one of my favorite poets um, and he is a king when it comes to spoken word. His name is Rudy Francisco. This one is called The Heart and the Fist. And oh my God, it is a treat. It starts out like this. The Mexican government confiscated approximately 30,000 illegal firearms per year. When the guns are taken, they get dismantled and the metal is used to make other types of weapons that will later be utilized by their military. In 2012, Pedro Reyes, an artist from Mexico City, convinced his government to donate those same guns to him, and he turned them into musical instruments. Somewhere there's a tambourine, a drum set, a guitar, all made by things that were used to take people's lives, but now they create sounds that put life back into people's bodies, which is why you say a weapon will always be a weapon, but we choose how we fight the war. And from this, I learned that even the most destructive instruments can still create a melody 
worth dancing to. And sometimes don't we also ask and look at each other like it's a battle, the dance battle? I wonder how long it took to convince the first rifle that it can hold a note instead of a bullet, but still fire into a crowd and make everyone move. When I was six, I was taught how to throw a punch. And in the 80s, there was an anti-bully movement that was funny. The first time one of my classmates took a yo mama joke a little too far, I remembered my training. So I turned his nose into a fountain. My fist, five pennies, I closed my eyes, made a wish. I came home with bloody knuckles and it was the first piece of artwork my family hung on the fridge. I remember staring at my hands the same way you stare at a midterm when all your answers are correct. I didn't know what class this was, but I did know I was passing. And it wasn't that masculinity, but it was my own feelings where a bunch of dudes afraid of their own feelings, terrified by any emotion but anger, yelling at the shadow of the wall, but still haven't realized that we're the ones standing in front of the light. We learn how to dodge and jab. We learn how to step in before we swing. We learn that the heart is the same size as the fist, but we keep forgetting that we don't have the same functions. We keep telling each other to man the fuck up. We don't know how. We don't know what the fuck that even means. We turn our boys into bandits. We point them in the wrong direction. We pull their triggers and then we just ignore all the damage they're doing in the distance. The word repurpose. It means to take the object and give it amnesia. It means to make something forget what has been trained. I am learning that the body is not a shotgun. I am learning that this body is not a pistol. I am learning that a man is not defined by what he can destroy. I am learning that a person who only knows how to fight can only communicate in violence and that shouldn't be anyone's first language. I'm learning that the only difference between a garden and a graveyard is what you choose to put in the ground. You see, once I came across a picture of a strange looking violin, the caption said it was made out of a rifle. I thought to myself, someday that could be me. Hmm. That's pretty deep. Yes. He goes hard. Y'all check him out too. He is my one. He is one of my favorite poets. All right. So as much as we can analyze men's actions and their feelings, the true reality is we can't tell them how to feel nor act. But what we can do as women is be there, listen, and provide a stable ground for growth and support for those men who truly deserves it. We also want to make sure that we are too stable. It's okay for us to have a psychiatrist or a therapist. Just someone to talk to. Absolutely. I think everybody needs therapy. Yes. Just somebody. Just somebody. And I don't want to say just call a friend to talk to them because sometimes it comes off as if you're dumping all your stuff onto them. <laughs> so it doesn't hurt, man. In my opinion, it does not hurt to have a therapist or a psychologist, someone you just going to talk to. 
because sometimes those family members or people that we, you know, even the best friends, they may not give you, they may not have the answer every time. Yeah. Okay. And another thing too, I think we look into a quick answer. We want somebody to just give us the answer to solve it real quick. And it's, that's not how it works. Nope. <laughs> nope. So next week we will be discussing um, aging while black and this notion that black don't crack. You think black don't crack? Mm-mm. Now, I don't know. I don't see a couple black folks. I'm like, uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe, maybe some meth in there somewhere. Maybe they <laughs> not some uh, meth. Oh, meth. Mm, meth. You know, not <laughs> meth. <laughs> Something. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. You a mess. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for tuning in to our fifth episode of Blacktivity Season 2. There are three main things that you can do to be a part of the Blacktivities. If you like what you heard, share it. We would love to hear your opinions on our topics each week. So hit us on the hotline at 770-744-1749 and leave us a message. You might hear yourself on a future episode. And if you're on IG, you can follow us. We are at Blacktivities Pod. There's links to everything in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. And king and queens keep doing big things. Let's go. All right.